Welcome to Contagious Conversations, where automotive industry leaders dig below the surface and discover what it takes to shift the culture and perception of automotive retail. Let's get into the conversation. All right, going to shock some people because my voice is the first one you're hearing. Used to hearing Kyle's. Yeah. It's fun to be on Contagious Conversations getting this train uh, back on the track. That's not back on the track. It was never really off. But today we have a special one. This is going to be a two-part podcast conversations that Kyle and I had the first time we spent any real in-person time together working on Contagious in New York City. Yeah, it was right? super fun. We 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 flew out. It was real quick. We were in and out just a day and a half, and we got to have a conversation uh, early on in our startup about what it was going to look like and and how we were going to engage and interact the automotive community. This is like what we want to do. It's really laying out our thoughts at the outset. This was recorded in August, uh, August 17th, or actually August 18th, and uh, this is us working through that in the moment. I don't even think we had our incorporation officially formed yet we didn't Did we? and 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 what's really cool about <laughs> it is we also got to dig in and for both of us it was kind of a learning experience about our history and our kind of like coming to the automotive industry so you'll get to hear yeah. that if you're going to go where did these guys come from you're going to get to hear that through this conversation very cool well thank you so much for being here uh this is part one of that conversation enjoy so dude we're in new york city right now set up in the place we could get set up Right, because right? that's what it's like hey, in startup life. We had to, we had to grind, <laughs> and and this is really the first time we've spent a lot of time over the last months, really uh, iterating what we think this should be. And this last couple of days of a design sprint, just really developing out what we're developing, has really brought a lot of clarity to what it is that we want to do. Um, you know, so our paths crossed. Here we are, starting contagious, um, and we just want to like talk about why we're doing this. Let people know. I think there's a lot of excitement around it. Yeah. Um, but like, when was the first thought in your mind, like why something like Contagious needs to exist? Actually, why don't you just talk about what is Contagious? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because our paths crossed kind of right around the time when the, the word, the thought of like something about what I feel inside needs to get outside of me, right? So it was this idea for a podcast originally, like so, we need to have more conversations, more uh, more ways for people that are like-minded to share this vision of a renewed industry, right? Of holistically. A, yeah. Like holistically. this starts with holistic thinking, it, like in a world where automotive is. Yeah. So it's not just like, obviously people that may be listening are thinking, well, this is contagious. Well, it's, it's much broader than that. It's not just marketing or marketing teams. It goes way past to um, a a culture within the industry and a perception of the industry that historically is not the greatest. Yeah, you there's know? a lot of talk about the per outside perception of the industry, the used car dealer, the plaid suit, the gorilla on the roof, right? And that's something that's like since Carvana really hit the scene, that conversation has come to the top, right? So the last five years, especially that conversation has come to the top of the pile, which is great. And we just don't feel like it's moving fast enough. That's that's what it is. And and I think for me initially, it was, hey, if I can get more people, more visibility to the people that are boots on ground that are doing this, that are in dealerships or in consultancy roles or in vendor roles and saying, we've got to push this forward and bring those people to the forefront. And and so really out of that birth, this word contagious, like if it can be something where if one person talks about it and seven other people get 
it's it's like the seven degrees of separation. If we can get right. the seven degrees of separation of this talk within automotive, then we might start to have an impact. And right. so if we can get one person to have the conversation and then seven people have that same conversation with seven other people and all of a sudden it just spreads. And that, and interestingly enough, right, the, the word uh, came to me kind of in the middle of the, the, the height of the, the COVID <laughs> pandemic. Right, when it's kind of like a bad connotation. However, right, however, However, and someone said that to me and I said, but no, the, the reality is, is that's what we need this to be like, literally it just spreading like wildfire. And, and so, you know, fast forward, uh, six, nine months from that, I actually finally get the podcast off the ground as contagious podcast. And in that timeline, uh, just these multiple things start coming in into play whether that be, um, you know, social media or introductions to you and, and us becoming friends. And then um, this kind of uh, coming up out of like a passion from my, my past job role, which is in the marketing department and how much of an impact that role actually has on the culture, the, the external and internal communication, um, the, the way that the, the way of going to market all of the things that that make something, you know, uh, I, I read the book uh, Contagious by Jonah Berger, and it's all about virality. Like, how do things go viral? This is after you were already on the contagious trick, because I asked you, I was like, did you read the book? Did that give you the idea? You're like, I read that book after. Like, Shout out to John after. Acosta, because we're in a clubhouse room, and he goes, oh, you probably read the book Contagious. Like, and I probably not. Do what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, so that was just confirmation, but thinking about it from that perspective, like a lot of what Jonah and, and other similar thinkers that have written similar things to him, you know, it, it all does come from this marketing persona within a business. Um, and so, uh, I think, you know, to, to take the story further, it was, it was a day that we were on a zoom call and, and you just said, Hey Kyle, you know, I think that there's. I think that there's a need within our industry to match what's going on in the in the dealership to the agencies, the partners, the people that are trying to help carry this, you know, this this conversation, um, but also like match that to what's going on in the dealership, the franchise side, and really have a major impact within the dealership. And it's a it's an area where in that marketing person or team is largely underserved. Within yeah. the oh, big time, big time. And that's really, you know, that's really what we zero in on when we look at the whole industry and we say, oh, you have training for your salespeople, right? All day, every day, millions of dollars have to. poured into sales training, right? It's a staple. Oh, you have training for your fixed ops team, right? Yes, tons, right? Revenue generator. Um, we got to focus on that. Oh, you have training for your F&I desk, right? Yeah, yeah, we train, right, 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 right. You have training for your, your marketers and your marketing department, right? Insert cricket noise. They need training? <laughs> right. Don't they just, don't they just, they don't just, they just. They just log into Facebook, right? So, so right, we're thinking about this and we talk, right, they're just on, they're just, they make things. It's arts and crafts, Yeah. right? Or it's the person that makes sure that I meet compliance, right? Or the one throat that I can choke when things aren't good and when sales are good. I'm going to congratulate the sales team, right? And that's how it works. But marketers, we just saw this void because we have this belief that if you change the energy in the marketing department, 
And when we say a marketing department, we're talking about internal marketing, a person that really holds your brand in check, that holds your strategy in check, right? And building out a team of the right size for the right dealership and the right needs that then own it. They own the company culture. They are the ones that become contagious in the dealer and you change the energy in the marketing department. We believe you change the energy in your culture. You change the energy on your sales floor. You change the energy in your vendor selection and vendor relationships, right? You change the energy in holistic strategy. And really you change the energy of an entire organization, which in turn changes the perception of the dealership because it's such a great place. It is. And, and, and that's what, you know, take it all the way back to when I first started in the car car business, right? Yeah, I think this is good because like you and I have come from this from very different angles in the industry, but we've been on this parallel path. So let's let's do that. Let's tell our story. So like, where did where did you come from? Well, so I was a music major, which makes perfect sense to get in the car business, <laughs> <laughs> always, right? But uh, so I get in. Uh, I'm selling cars initially, and I'll I'll never forget those first five months of selling cars. Um, every single every month, it was looking at how people were perceiving me when I told them what I do, right? <laughs> also. Not just that, but this kind of desire like, hey, this is just a stepping stone to a real career path that I'm going to have. I think that is something that's been uttered by countless people who are now car industry veterans. Yeah. Right? It, it is. It's, it's, it's within the industry. And what happens is you, you, you either are met by a great leader, which was what happened to me, or you start to perceive the industry in a way that's like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. There's so much good, good people. Um, a great opportunity, great opportunity within the industry. Yeah. And, and, and we look at that and, and yet so much from the outside looking in is that's not an industry that I would ever be a part of. And until you turn that corner and it's normally not within the first three, you know, you don't go to onboarding day at the dealership and be like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be the rest of my life. It, it takes turning a corner. And so what we have to do is draw that closer to, when that when when someone comes into the industry and then push it outside of the industry and that's what the the marketing team has the opportunity to do you know you said um you were kind of talking about uh like the 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 way that that person or team has to carry yep. something and you know i i uh i i, I kind of relate it to this like um you know the the way that we have um, managers within the rest of the dealership, right? We have a GM, a GSM, a fixed ops director, service manager, all that type of stuff, right? Um, but a lot of times what we do when we when we bring in a marketing person or, or team, we simply make them a task manager uh, or the arts and crafts corner. And the reality is, is that um, in a practical, in a real practical way, they're actually carrying the vision and the values of the owner or dealer principal um, so so tightly right they 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 that's their mantle to carry and so when that person isn't in a leadership role that has the ability to impact a lot of of spaces within the dealership and the community then you as a dealer principal or an owner or a gm potentially are saying that my vision and my values is only practically worked out when we come face to face with someone which is when the rest of your management staff goes into work, right? Absolutely, right. Good point. So, so we actually have to carry that 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 vision and that value actually goes much past like 
oh, hi, we have a lead or someone walking in the showroom. And that's where um, innate and empowering and, and, and bringing up and guiding and training and bringing alongside that marketing team or person is so valuable to the person who's created the vision. You know, it comes back to something that I talk about a lot. I talk about brand and I still need you to finish your story about where you came from, how you came <laughs> through the industry. We're easily excitable. We dress the same on purpose. Um, so no, but when I think of brand, it's systems level thinking. It's not the first thing or the ad that someone sees or the logo on the building. It's literally systems level thinking, your tech stack, your onboarding for, you know, for your new team members, your company culture, the way it feels inside your showroom, the way you communicate to one another. And when the marketing team can wrap their minds around and own and have the authority to own that, and they're going to get the authority because the owner, the GM understands that they know something, right? And they can bring something to the table when they have the authority to hold that close is when that brand becomes systemic. And that really translates, let's face it, in the end, that translates to the bottom line in a big, big way, because now we're talking about your third largest expense in your advertising. And we're talking about making that efficient and cutting that. Cause I don't think, and you don't think, cause I don't think, and you don't think that you, we should just measure, measure the ad spend. We're like, you should measure everything that goes into generating that ad spend, right? Not just the ad dollars, but the personnel and the fees and all that needs to go in there. And so we're saying bulking all that together, we're going to, lower that ad spend through efficiency and having the right internal marketing team. But what that also does, it is begins to make a massive impact on your most expensive thing, your people, which is your people, right? So imagine if you had 10% less turnover, especially with service techs, right? We can quantify if you have a void in your service bay, not okay. You know, with a salesperson, you are like, well, I can get other people to take the leads. Like you can't get someone else to change that oil. Right. You can get someone else to, to change parts or to serve a customer to write tickets. So now you're like, Oh, well, what if that person didn't leave and I'd have that two week gap or four week gap between service techs? Well, you just start adding up 10 labor hours a day for every day. You don't have someone in that bay. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem so expensive anymore, right? To make sure that they're stay. Again, off on a tangent. Let's talk about, let's talk about your background in the industry. You came into it, right? What roles have you served? And then we'll explain what I've done. And I think it'll yeah, be yeah, real yeah. clear, like why this makes sense. Why the trajectory. So yeah, so I started selling cars. Um, moved, uh, I was at two different dealerships selling cars. Um, I guess kinda, I'm kind of jealous because like, there's an element where I've sold things in my life, but I've never sold a car. You know, it's, there is a unique energy that comes from both the customer interaction and the completion of that customer interaction. Mm -hmm. And particularly when, um, and, and like, you got to understand, I came into the industry. I didn't know how to drive a manual transmission car. Right. I didn't like what an engine and transmission did separately were still like a little bit foggy, a little bit yeah, foggy yeah, to, yeah, to right. me. Right. You couldn't draw a diagram. I could, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't <laughs> like show you how it all worked on a car. Right. How everything worked together. Um, and so when I came into the industry, it was purely about there's another human right there and I'm a human and they want to buy a car. And I like humans and, and I, I like, like money. And so we're going to figure this out together. Right. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I stalled a couple cars, right. I mean, all of the things that could go wrong in the sale, but it was all about that relationship. And so then when that relationship turns into, I just bought a car and you see this like light happen on people's faces, 
it's a it's an energy rush right so so um for the first eight months i was in the car business um i spent about 30 percent of my waking time outside of the dealership trying to figure out how to get out of the dealership um and so it wasn't until uh, a gentleman named Aaron Hill, who many in the industry may know. Shout out to Aaron Hill. Um, what a great human. Yeah, I mean, just incredible guy. Passionate car guy. That, that kind of took him, it took me under his wing. And he said, he said, like, you can set a goal. You can make this a career. You can, like, and gave me the steps and the practical ways to get there. And coached you. Co- really, I mean, came alongside and coached me, right? It was, it wasn't like, do this, do that. It was like, what if we... And that was super powerful. And do you for me. see what happened there when you exactly? And and he he just taught me to do all the right things, care for people the right way, and so that set me on a trajectory that that moved me after um, just about two years, just under two years of being in the car business to being in management um, as a floor manager, and then became the new car director of a Nissan store uh, in the Nashville area. Um, so was seeing that type of like high volume, you know, urgency selling uh, type of thing. Uh, and then uh, for the last uh, eight and a half years have been then with uh, the Nelson organization uh, with Nelson Mazda in Tennessee. And uh, through that was finance director, helped open a store as a manager, um, moved to another store as a sales manager when there was some 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 opportunities there. And then uh, Actually, probably one of like the pivotal pieces in my career um, was I was able to go to my boss who I owe so much to um, and sit him down and say, hey, look, there's there's just a desire in me to be a part of my community in a particular way. And I still want to be a part of what we're doing here. But I know that in my current role, I wouldn't be able to be in a part of the community in the particular way that I wanted to. Um, and so we created this training director role. And it was a role that we only had for six months in the end, right? Because we needed to make some transitions. But in that time, I was really able to dig into coaching others, um, really able to dig into creating platforms and and systems for training and onboarding and hiring people and writing and helping uh, the team write a lot of documentation around that. Um, And that was a really big point because all of the things that I had done in the first what, four and a half, five years of my career in the industry, kind of were, I was able to bring into like writing it on paper alongside of um, the management staff and going, this is what I've seen. This is what I felt. This is what it looks like to impart that on others and and the knowledge that I had gained. And um, so then over the last, uh, the last five years of my career, it's really been in the business development area um, that's flexed around training, business development centers, uh, and then taking over marketing and uh, then doing some brand changes, uh, creating logos, creative. Um, well, shifting the whole store from a, yeah. from a sales first strategy to a brand first strategy and yeah. watch it. And actually, that's one of the things that first caught my attention about you because you're someone who actually stayed the course over 24 months because it takes 24 months to actually see the biggest value where you see the cost per car drop. And you, that was when we first it's met, crazy. like we talked about, it. I was like, there's someone who actually executed it. And you had never read my book, right? You had, I never, know. <laughs> you, you had never read it. You like, you just read it like a few weeks ago. Right. right. So, but you were executing it. So it drew me to you. So like when you, you actually made that change. Yeah. So 
well, our, our, our leadership, our ownership um, saw it fit to kind of start walking through this change in uh, sales and service process. And uh, I was so graciously brought alongside that and, and held to actually uh, work to be like a leader in the implementation of that. But alongside of that, which we had already done a lot of like, um, we, we had a big change actually about three months after I came on that I got to be a part of um, where we had started to turn the, the ships as far as like uh, brand marketing and um, why buy messaging and, and that type of stuff. But we had never really like really, really leaned into it from both a creative perspective, um, a, a, you know, a paid media perspective mm -hmm. and internal documentation right, perspective. Like all the way through. Like Holistic. all the way through, like yeah. through the onboarding channels and all of that. And so we knew that this change was so big that if we didn't do it that way, then we would, we would lose all the momentum behind the change. And um, so we knew going in to making this change that that was what we were going to have to do. And so we just, we leaned in. Um, we, uh, as, as my buddy Tom Ryan says, like we, we burned the ships at the dock, right? It was, there was <laughs> not going back. There the was way out no forward, going back. Right. right? And, um, and so we just began that messaging and, and we, for the first time hired, uh, someone that was dedicated solely to, uh, creative, uh, both from a like paid and, and, um, organic mm -hmm. media perspective. Mm -hmm. And that really, that was a big shift for us because it allowed us to execute all of that messaging that we knew we needed to do in real time. And what happened what was the end result? Yeah. So what happens is, you know, we, we were able to drive our, you know, one, like from a really practical expense structure, we were able to drive our, our cost per sale significantly down, um, about 40% yeah. decrease there. So, uh, that, that makes a large impact on, on 250 car stores. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then, but, but the bigger thing is what we saw is we saw, um, this, this slow and steady trend in, um, and I know it's just one metric, but it was really important to me as we did this, but this slow and steady trend toward organic traffic on our website going up. That's an incredibly important and undervalued metric, by the way. And we paid no one to do SEO during that time. I didn't, I didn't know that part. Which everyone will be like, nah, <laughs> right? I mean, we knew the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we knew that we had to adjust some things, um, and, and we had to, you know, do the, do the tactical stuff, like adjust, you know, metas in, on the yeah, website right, and right. ensure that everything was in line. Stuff that you've picked up and you've learned. You know, Google my business. Like we knew we had to do that stuff, but it was really a messaging thing that we, that we leaned into and pressed into and, and did it across all of the paid and organic platforms. And we slowly just started to see this rise. Right. And. Everybody knows if they're in marketing that organic traffic is your best trap. Holy grail. It's right. the holy grail. I wish right? it all was organic. Yeah. People so, knew what they wanted and they came to me. And they came to you. Yeah. And that's a big deal um, for for that to happen. Yeah. For and, and then what happens is, and this was really cool too, you know, we, we had social media accounts and, uh, you know, um, so social media accounts in in uh, in automotive are, are kind of pay to play, right? Um, but the organic stuff makes a lot of sense too. And so we we saw this uh, we saw this shift where a lot of our employees who um, before had not engaged with any of our content start engaging with our content. You know, if you can get your own family, right? And I'm speaking about your coworkers, yeah. right? 
if you can get your family excited about something, you know you're doing something right because they're the ones that are like, it's just, it's just Kyle. It's yeah. just the place I work. And if you can get them excited, do you think that that maybe had a, uh, an impact on your company culture? Absolutely. <laughs> like all of a sudden, it's like they're willing to self-identify that I work here. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's the it's the um, local brand level of what one of my managers um, back when I was uh, selling cars and then turned into a manager. His sole goal was to get everyone driving the brand. So, like everyone in the store, right? Everyone in the store yes. driving the store's new car brand. Yes. Right. So it's the it's the local of that OEM level brand ownership, I got right? It. So yep. if you can tie those two together, which is like the major marketers issue, which is I have two brands I have to carry. Right, right. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get yeah. that way down the line, right? But uh, if you can get that going on from a culture perspective, then there's engaged employees that believe in what you're believing. And then, and we talked about this yesterday, but when you can, when you can take a, a client or an employee from they do this to we do this to I believe this and that trajectory. It's alignment. It's absolute alignment. And that, that is speed. Once, once you hit that, everything goes faster and everything goes cheaper mm -hmm. and everything goes more long term. Mm -hmm. And, and all of the sudden you actually do have a brand, mm -hmm. a brand. And you know, I talk about brand as a feeling. Yeah. Right. You have that feeling. It lives inside them. It lives inside you. It lives inside your sales floor and your service bay, and it transmits to the outside world. That feeling, guess what? It's going to be the same when everyone is aligned behind it. So you got right, there. You got to go. No, Wait, you got there. Am I still going? No, it's great. <laughs> so you got there, right? You just kind of got through that. And then over this last really six to 12 months, your orientation has changed and you've kind of had this belief like, I need to make more impact. Like I need to figure out a way to scale this. Yeah. So, and, and, um, there, there's a couple major pieces to that, right? One is I just have this big passion and I, I love sharing it and speaking it. And so it's um, a clip here. Yeah. I have this, I, <laughs> I have a vision, right? <laughs> and I do, I have this vision where one day my kids and their friends will come out of college or come out of high school and go, how do I get an automotive franchise automotive in perspective, in particular, maybe vendor side or yeah. the dealership side, but like, how do I get in there? Because I hear it's hard to get in, right? That would be a change matrix yeah. for that us. is the indicator that it's different, that it's absolutely when you see right? that day, you're going to be like, it's, it's really changed. Yeah. So, um, so that's one is, is I just realized through doing the podcast, through social media apps like Clubhouse that, um, that as I communicated those things, I would actually see others either doing it out of their own desire, like they were maybe empowered to say those same things that they had never said before through social media and other places, or hearing them kind of repeat back and play back some of the things that I was saying. Which some people might be like, well, that's just plagiarism. And I'm like, no, that's a bunch of people rowing the same boat in the same direction. That's right. And so that got really exciting. And it was like, okay, if that's the reality, and as I'm talking and communicating to people like you and others, and it's like, you know, Bill, Bill Schomburg said to me this, and, and, and it, at first it hit me really weird, um, but he said, like, you don't have an option anymore to not share that. 
Like it's your obligation. Like, it's absolutely you absolutely are obligated to continue to sharing that vision through whatever medium. I don't know what it is, but and I we we kind of know what it is now, now right? Now we do. We're doing a thing. <laughs> yeah, but but that that was that was really it. Took me a few days to really realize what he said to me. So that was one, and then the other one was um, shortly after you kind of came to me and said. Hey, I think there's something there, but I don't really know what it was. In which we didn't talk about it for another what five or six months. No, it was, that was, it was like, like on a shelf somewhere. That was just right? like, this seems like there's something. Right. No so pressure. No requests. That happens, I don't even know. and I already had this passion. I I had like shared a few you know social media things about how um you know the marketing person or team is underserved and 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 not trained or not equipped in the right way and are constantly fi- fighting fires and not creating. And, um, and then all of the sudden, like within probably an eight week period, I see four really, really solid marketers exit to the vendor side and from franchise to vendor. And it was great career pathing for them, right? They, they, they got a great opportunity, but there's something inherently like happening that, that, that I could see, right? A trend that, that right. there's this going trend on under that where where these people kind of come up into this space and they get empowered to a certain point but then it it, it can't go past that right and it, and there's there's a stopping point to either the, the the empowerment they feel or um the 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 brands and the cultures they're representing or the career path that they might have the opportunity to be in um or the resources and training that they have to get to the next level that they see on the other side. All right, that was part one of a conversation. If you want to, just keep on listening. We've got part two of that conversation coming up next for you. Thank you so much for entering into what is starting to be contagious. We can't wait to share the rest with you. Thanks so much for joining our conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and share it out we can shift the culture and perception of automotive retail together. Until next time.